Oh, it's so thick. Feel the heat and listen to the Uncut Gems podcast, a weekly show where we talk about movies nobody else wants to talk about. This is episode number 64, and my name is Jakob. And my name's Snake. Right, and today, again, we're not joined by anyone, just the two of us again. So, uh, before we begin, the usual Patreon plug. Uh, so, what, what do we have on our Patreon that's just released? Oh yes, I remember now. Um, so, as you may or may not know, this this month we're kind of devoting kind of sort of to Alfred Hitchcock on 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 the Patreon with a little bit on 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 the on the regular show, but that's coming up in a few weeks time. So we've released a bonus tie-in about Rear Window, and that was a discussion and a half. Holy crap, that was great! It's probably <laughs> my favorite tie-in so far. <laughs> it's good stuff. And it's just such a good idea to talk about these classic movies that you think that nah, what what's the point about talking about them? It's just and then you just end up talking about your life, and you know, thanks for all the fish, you know, and whatever life, the universe, and everything. I don't know. I feel like quoting Douglas Adams today. Anyway, <laughs> so that's on the Patreon, and also by the time you listen to this, the sort of mini retrospective that follows on from the rear window, um, should also be up. I think. So yeah, let's just let's just pretend it's up. I think it is up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so th- in this mini retrospective, we tied it into the bonus tie-in about Rear Window by talking about three films that are kind of either knocking off Rear Window or are inspired by it. And what? And they are number thirty-seven, which is a South African thriller di- directed by Nosifo Dumisa, which is a lady, by the way. So that's off color. So if you know, very interesting sort of uh, thing to um, to check out. Disturbia. By uh, directed by DJ Caruso from 2007, starring Shia LaBeouf, <laughs> and who and our, our good old boys, Brand De Palma's Body Double. Almost said the Body Double again. I don't know why. Anyway, it's Body Double. So just yeah, three bucks is all it takes. Just go and uh, go and have a listen. Yeah, these are super fun discussions that we keep having almost on a month, on a weekly basis. Recently, it's just you know, either retrospective or or a time or. And then next the week from now, you'll be able to listen to the uh, April installment of our David Lynch marathon. Where we'll be talking about Blue Velvet. So there's there's that to look forward to. So we're slowly making our way through this man's catalog. And then you know, as as I said, three boxes all it takes. Patreon.com/slash/uncutgemspot is the place. Go and subscribe. Listen to our podcasts. Just one tier. And then you unlock. Uh, by that time, it's just well over ten podcasts. So there's stuff to listen to for just a tiny amount of money to support a struggling indie venture. I think that's what it is. But yeah. Anyway, so today we're doing again. It's not tied into anything this this episode. However, it's um it's it's a first part of a, a bit of a double bill, a mini cosmeton. I want to call it because we're talking about George Picos matters today. Uh, a mini cosmeton. I love a mini cosmeton. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, 
it's such a shame because okay and again spoil because i'm taking a few weeks off and we're taking two weeks off and but the shows are going to keep rolling so the next week's episode is already recorded because we had a few guests over and i totally didn't mention that it's a mini cosmeton so <laughs> so just you know um yeah so if we're tying into next week's episode anyway so just um bear in mind that we've already talked about what we'll be talking about next week but so we will be talking about Mandy, which is a film directed by George P. Cosmatos' son, Panos Cosmatos. So this is the mini Cosmaton, <laughs> the father-son double bill. <laughs> anyway, so today we're talking about Cobra. What? Come on, man. I got a bomb here. I'll kill her. I'll blow this whole place up. Go ahead. I don't shot her. Hey, just relax, amigo. You want to talk? We'll talk. I'm a sucker for good conversation. I don't want to talk to you. Now you bring in the television cameras in here now. Come on, bring it in. Can't do that. Why? I don't deal with psychos. I put them away. I ain't no psycho, man. I'm a hero. You're looking at a fucking hunter. I'm a hero of the new world. Written by Sylvester Stallone and directed by George P. Cosmatos, Cobra stars, again, Sylvester Stallone in a thriller about a rogue cop, Marion Cobretti, uh, a.k.a. Cobra, who finds out that a recent hostage situation gone wrong in which he was an unwitting star is somehow connected to a string of seemingly unrelated murders perpetrated by what the media called a night slasher. As he dives into the case, Cobra also has to protect a would-be victim, of the uh, Night Slasher, a model named Ingrid Knutsen, I think her name is, but um, played by Bridget Nielsen, uh, all of which sets him up for a gruesome confrontation with the mysterious killer. I'm going to leave it at that. Anyway, now, there's a lot baked into the story behind Cobra, some of which I hope we'll get to, and I will just briefly mention that just the idea for the film dates back to the time when Sylvester Stallone was attached to play the lead role in Beverly Hills Cop. In fact, he rewrote the script for it because he didn't like the comedy, so he removed all of it and made it more serious and violent because he felt it suited his take on the character better because he felt like he was a bit more of a, you know, this, this is how, how you wanted Axel Foley to, 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 to be. Anyway, so the studio said no. <laughs> so he Smart pocketed this. for once. <laughs> so, say what you want. I like I like the way Sylvester Stallone writes scripts. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's what just, yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> anyway so yeah it, uh, um, yeah anyway <laughs> so the studio said absolutely no this is not happening right <laughs> so he pocketed the script rewrote it a bunch more times and eventually i think found a home for it at the canon group and long story short someone got george picasmatos to direct and with with whom he did rambo 2 or first blood part 2 no rambo first blood part it's it's a mess let's just call it rambo 2 um, previously, he did this with him, so they just they just got got on the phone and and got him involved. Although there are stories about it, I think we'll get to anyway. Got his then wife Bridget Nielsen. This is like a festival of nepotism to start opposite, and off they were to the races. So sadly, Cobra was absolutely hated by critics. I mean, I think there is also a, a situation going on that they the original cut was like 40 minutes longer and was an x-rated situation so they removed 40 minutes of footage to get it down to r yep (laughs) that yeah there are stories and apparently this this cut this cut has actually circulated somewhere anyway we'll get to it hopefully 
and it's it, like from what I've read, it's pretty violent. <clears throat> anyway, so it was universally panned, like absolutely hated by critics, criticized for stenciled characters, like genre tropes, and just gratuitous violence. So, could you imagine if they saw the X rated cut? Fuck, you know, Jesus. Anyway, it didn't stop the movie from becoming a box office, box office hit. And it debuted at the top of the box office for its weekend and made 160 million worldwide against 25 million budget. That's with marketing as well. For some reason, it's specified on on, on IMDb. It's just with marketing, it was 25 million. This is how much money it made. Although apparently, studio guys at the time they thought it was a it was a bit of a disappointment because Rambo 2 and Rocky 4 made quite a lot more. So yeah. Anyway, and now it is considered a cult classic. So let's just begin. Anyway, where do you stand on Cobra, Nick? Tell me, are you a Cobra cultist who revels in, revels in the cheese of the 80s or are you just, a lactose, <laughs> just as lactose intolerant as the critics were at the time? So what is your take on Cobra? I'm, I'm here clinking the axes. Ching, ching. <laughs> Over my head. They're, they're um, going to make an appearance. <laughs> I, was, I was not looking forward to this episode. I don't know why. For some reason, I, I, I it's, it's a busy period. Like lots, lots of things going on. And for some reason in my head, <laughs> Cobra was a different movie. So it's kind of like, I don't really like Cobra, man. What like, did you think it was? I, I don't know. Like a, a, a bad <laughs> Sylvester Stallone movie from the 80s. I was like, it's not even over the top. I like over the top. I don't know what. I think it was just imagining a, a, a dystopic version of Cobra. I don't know. Because the movie started. I was like, oh, no, this is good. I remember <laughs> this. This is good. <laughs> it's. We talked about it last week. Like, I, I love, love com- Canon, Canon Group. They, I mean, they can do wrong, but just generally speaking, they make very fun films. And this is, yet again, another instance where a movie is 90 minutes long, no real characters, lots of action, lots of, lots of like, effective scenes of thriller and horror. It's borderline a giallo at times. It kind of ties back with our gentle conversation. It's, Think about it's, the 40 minutes of removed footage and you'll know like, how much giallo this would be. Yes, I know there's, I, I didn't watch all of it because it's not like... Like severing hands of people. Yeah. There are 20 minutes or so of deleted footage on YouTube that you can watch from that cut, which is interesting. doesn't really add much, to be honest, but it's 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 I worth checking out for completists. Uh, but yes, it's it's just so much fun. It's It's bonkers, it's bananas. You have Sylvester Stallone just being an absolute dick to everyone, just... Just kind of just the most badass toxic version of a Stallone hero, and it works <laughs> great. I love all the cheese that's sprinkled in here. You have random montages with with 80s rock music in the background. There's so many like character moments that are just odd. You go, why is this happening? I don't know. And and again, just again, the keyword, it's a canon film, so it's fun. It's very, very fun. <laughs> And speaking of the director himself, I've only seen this, Rambo 2, and Tombstone. To be honest, I'm not, like, he doesn't, I don't know. I When Spencer Stallone says that he, like, he kind of directed the movie on his own, and Cosmatos was more of a good producer rather than a good director, I can kind of see that. I really, really like Tombstone, but it seems like everything else that he's made is a bit, eh, a bit wobbly. And this one, like Stallone, gets a lot of the credits, so you know, it's gonna be a little spoiler. I think for later in the year, I think we have another Cosmatos in fixture. Just saying, just Ooh. get ready. Oh boy, 
But yes, Jakub, what are your thoughts yeah. on, on the Cobra? What are my thoughts? Um, you know, I think the word canon, you know, it kind of brings... I mean, I've seen this one before. I'll put it that way. Right? But, you know, like you think canon, you think cheese being blown out of a cannon like i honestly feel <laughs> like but there's, there's like wheels of of parmigiano reggiano just being just fired oh, out heaven. of a cannon this is great and uh you know let's just let's just be let's be honest cobra is not a good movie as in like if you show if, if you sh- i don't know set it against i don't know any film that's made like seriously <laughs> so for a serious intention like it's not good fellas <laughs> it's <laughs> Or like, I don't know. It's it's, it's not Taxi Driver. It's not, like, I don't know. It's not the French connection. (laughs) But holy shit. I have so much fun watching this. And I'm just... Yes. So many great things about this movie that I just... I I mean, it's so dumb. It hurts. Again, I can feel like I'm just... This this could be just copy-pasted into my review of Invasion USA. (laughs) It's so dumb, it hurts. But it's so cool. It's so cool. Like I, you know, the film opens with these clink clinks of and whatever, like these sort of. And we'll get to w- w- whether you know George Picosmatos had something to say about anything or not, because I feel I feel there are Cosmatos sort of things going. Like especially if you compare it with like Rambo too. There are certain yeah. elements of where you, if if you if you compare it to Rambo too, and if and if you see how much his the, how much panos cosmatos is lifting from from his dad and you see kind of the overlap as well where where he lifts and then what he lifts and then what um uh what george picosmato was all about it's great but the film opens with this sort of hostage situation and you see stallone rock up in a in a car which was his own <laughs> by the way this so is mercury, cool. mercury from like 1950 this is his own car and he looks like a badass with his matchstick in his in his mouth with these massive glass like aviator glasses and he has his leather jacket he has this sort of he's a superhero as far as i'm concerned like he is the pro he is the the pro archetype upon which like Rand gosling's character in drive was was mm. was based like he's he's a superhero <laughs> and his name is marion <laughs> It's just, um, but he rocks up and then just, it, it, it's it, it's like at the golden hour, everything's kind of just golden hued and you know this film's going to be cool. And it is. This movie's so good. I had so much fun watching this. Even in, when it's, there has moments when it kind of slows down and you have to kind of pay attention. Like somewhere in, it's kind of like the Terminator has, has these moments as well where it just, I don't know, it just slows down because they have to kind of focus on the characters because you, and, and then get ready for the final act and then, this is where you fall asleep and if you're tired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but holy Christ, this is this is great. Like this is this is cinema. This is this is kino. This is kino, guys. Like this is it. <laughs> this is where it, I, kino I approved. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just thinking, so why why doesn't it have like a serious remaster on Blu-ray that I can have on my shelf? Because this is great. This is amazing piece of filmmaking that like I'm looking through my notes. Looks like it's a uh, an honest to god piece of inspiration for quite a lot of crap <laughs> um so yeah these are, way to put it. <laughs> yeah so there's so many ways you can because like, like, the action's great it's violent as hell and even with Damn. that especially th- think about this it's been trimmed down it's been toned down to be this violent like this had i think this had the potential to out robocop robocop in terms of 
violence. And at this point, because Robocop happened, what, a year after. Yeah. I was thinking to myself, I'm so thankful that no, that they they couldn't remove this much violence from Robocop because on this, like they would be just like, guys, we have 20 minutes left of the film. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's such a blast. I I really love this. And and by the way, I have I have to say this. I don't know even where to start. Do we start with like the Cosmatos thing or I want to see. I, I want to say this. I want to just start with this. Just our conversation. What do we think about like, Stallone writing in general? Because like he did Rocky and he won an Oscar for it. And then he even even with his Oscar winning sort of stature, he never gets the kudos that I think he deserves and I think he his his writing is absolute the bomb. Like I really like the way he writes his character. I mean, you say, "Oh, there's no characters." There are characters. They're kind of dumb, but they're, but they have hearts. A cobra has a heart. Bridget Nielsen has a heart. Everyone has a heart. It's great. I don't know. What what do you what do you think about like Stallone's writing? By the way, uh, like I, I surprisingly enough, I've seen almost all of his movies that he's written. I haven't seen Rocky Balboa or Creed <gasps> two. You have not seen Rocky Balboa? It's like the third no, best Rocky. <laughs> but I've seen all the others. Um I I to be honest, I've I've never been that much of a Stallone fan. I know you're you're a massive, massive fan of his. Oh yeah. I am not, even <laughs> though I have he's grown on me. He's grown on me back when I did a, a small um, action retrospective three years ago, which is also when I watched Cobra for the first time. And I I do quite enjoy the guy for the most part. Um, I don't necessarily think. Let me rephrase it. I. <laughs> it's not the best writing per se, but it's effective in the way that he uses it most of the time. I don't I don't think there's much meat to the bone of Cobra. If anything, some of the themes that maybe he or Cosmatos just sprinkled in. Are a bit, are just, just say a, a, a bit problematic um, nowadays. It's very pro police brutality. <laughs> just, but that, that would be just, just like the entire decade is very pro police brutality. Right? I mean, it made it's all about big, ac- well. big action people, big you know, just kicking people's asses. Yes, yes. Cobretti, you know, like this is a, this is a stereotype for a reason because it's not like just that Cobra did it; like everyone did it. <laughs> I mean, just, just Stallone himself, he made not only Tango and Cash, he made Judge Dredd, which is all about like police control and whatnot, and um, single men being judged, jury, and executioner. I mean, then again, no, Judge Dredd has been a, was, was a comic book first, right? True, but you know, I, I think he saw the appeal. <laughs> I think he was just drawn <laughs> to this type of project. Um, but I, uh, I don't, I don't know where much of his input was in this story, but it, it, it works. I like think it's effectively as well. paced. That's another sort of Charlie Bronson, another one. Like this this yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, you were saying I it's it's <laughs> it's very John Wayne inspired his performance and the way he's written the character, which which I like. I like that it's it's again, it's cliched, it's toxic, whatever some some critics might say, but it's like we, we need that sometimes. It's fun, it's, Jen. It's, Get it's, it. It's fun to see Stallone <laughs> just just being like, hey, this is my parking space. Oh, you're not gonna move your car, I'm gonna move it for you with my car. <laughs> And just not caring. That's such a good scene. He's always always putting himself like on top of the others. We have the iconic line early on. It's like, you're the disease. I'm the cure. Yeah. (laughs) Just those badass lines that just don't exist anymore. 
it has so much weight. I think it, 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 I mean, it doesn't give a terrific performance, but it's just such a such a strong presence. What do you so mean much it charisma? Give a terrific performance, like when, he, when he's yeah. with Bridget Nielsen, like eating, like he he's with this like fake burger. It's like your entree is ready. <laughs> Well, they have some... I mean, it's it's not Daniel Day Lewis. It's, no, it's not... but they, but, <laughs> but the it's... characters have great chemistry on screen, and I feel like this is partly because a Stallone writes characters well, as in like they, they feel kind of comfortable in their own bodies, and then two that he acts very naturally. There is great banter. Yes, the scenes with Stallone and his buddy. <laughs> it's a, just what's your language? We're in public. <laughs> <laughs> Those moments, lovely. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Just one of my favorite parts of the movie is actually when you said that it's, it slows down. I actually really like that. There is this small detour where they're Stallone with it, with his partner. They have Bridget Nielsen and they're just go on the road, going to another place, and they stop in a diner on the road, just kind of like very very quiet place, and they talk, and it's like five minutes long, and mm -hmm. I really like that because, like you said, it feels natural, which is which is surprisingly organic considering the rest of the movie where it's so bombastic it's so excessive it's so 80s full of 80s cliches of weirdness and over the topness but 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 when it's even when it slows down it still manages to work it doesn't feel like it's out of place it doesn't feel particularly boring um again this is a perfect example of it this is a 90 minute not masterpiece but it's 90 minutes of pure fun <laughs> I I want to I I want to say that if it were actually Bingo longer, card goes up. <laughs> yes, if it were longer, I don't think it would work nearly as well as it does. Honestly, it was a two-hour-long cut, by the way. Which which blessing in disguise, I right? guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so much dialogue. If you see the twenty minutes version that are like the twenty minutes that are available online, like there's so much dialogue because the violence is just seconds here and there. <laughs> the rest is just longer dialogue scenes. Like, I don't, we don't care. There's the guy from Hellraiser who plays the police chief. Like, we don't care about him. What a dick. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I totally agree with this sort of... I mean, well, there is a question baked into what I'm about to say. When you say the, the film, when you say oh, it's full of cliches, it's very 80s. I think this film, like, if, 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 if I had to pick one film to shows an alien what the 80s were about this is the film i pick it's not a bad choice <laughs> it almost feels like sometimes it crosses the line as in like you don't know whether it's directed by trey parker and matt stone like this is kind of like it goes into the sort of south park satire <laughs> like self just missing like shots of the of the american flag that's what it's missing at sunset well, like it has a soundtrack filled <laughs> with songs where they describe shit what's happening on the screen like these just like working all night trying to make a living <laughs> it's <laughs> it's great and i get it it's alone working all night it's trying like to just make a living <laughs> or like you know just i don't know when they're in I don't know, there's a tender moment between Bridget Nielsen and Stallone and the guy goes like, we're loving on borrowed time. <laughs> it's so great. It's, it's just very like, subtle. It's very nuanced. It's not. not. On the nose. <laughs> but it almost feels like, you know, like I have to come clean as well. I just realized, I mean, this is something I didn't quite remember. I think, I think, yeah, I'm, I may have, I think I had Cobra's poster on my wall. Before oh, I actually oh. saw the film, <laughs> because 
when I was very very young, um, I would go to my like local VHS rental place, and we would just I'd just rent stuff, and then the people they really liked me, and I was really into shitty films, so they would just go like, oh yeah, you know, I've got this old poster in the back. Do you want it? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I I used to get these posters from them periodically, and this is how I got like Hard Target. I had Ooh. Jurassic Park. I had like that was like early to mid nineties. I had posters everywhere. I had Last Action Hero. <laughs> um, yeah, oh. I had Commando. It was great stuff. I, I, yeah, True Lies. I had oh. <sighs> all the good posters. Uh, brings, brings me back. This is when I was, you know, like you know, becoming sentient as a film lover. <laughs> um, but yeah. To me, I'm just thinking like this is like a festival of cliches, but especially when you think about like critics at the time were, were thinking, oh, this is very cliche. But to me, this is a film that is one, I don't want to say the first, but one of the sort of first films that actively actually makes use of these cliches. This is not, I, I don't think these these people, spe- specifically Stallone, were unaware of what they're doing. I think they're completely self-aware in here. And they're but they're not trying to take the piss. They're having fun. Because I think there's a difference, right? When people yes. are like, when when a filmmaker is just trying to, you know, take the mickey a little bit, you know, and then just say, you know, uh, I, I know, just 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 try to be cool about it. Just like, oh, look how stupid this is now. And the, these guys are like, look how stupid this is, but it's cool. We're doing this. Like we're we're here. <laughs> yes, yes. Like y- you can feel that so many parts of the movie that kind of don't make sense they're just bonkers bizarre some of the excessive violence in this there's those fight scenes that are like very slickly shot with the neon lights mm-hmm. another movie could, would use it satirically subversively kind of to make a point look how ridiculous it is but they kind of go no this is cool and they're watching it and go yeah it is <laughs> Yeah. I agree. It's cool. <laughs> like they, they know. Like the character of Brian Thompson as the as the night slasher, he's a great pick. Although he, I think he auditioned like seven times <laughs> for this. And here's an interesting connection because Brian Thompson, deb- this is his second role, third role. I don't know, but he debuted as one of the hoodlums in the Terminator. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, like in the very beginning, when when you see Arnie kind of walk up to these three guys in one of them. Arnie's is Bill, crack. Is, one of them is Bill Paxton. Yep. And the other one's this guy, I think, right? Um, yeah. And yep, then, yeah. Yeah, but he he has a very recognizable face. He kind of looks like a like an like a poor man's Arnold Schwarzenegger a little bit. Yes. I don't know if they used some makeup on him or something, because it looks slightly off. It's, I, well, it's half the time he was, he's wearing like a stocking on his face when in, and his nose is very flattened so, <laughs> so stocking stockings on faces man we'll get to it when we it's, talk about wild at heart but it's the 80s right it's the 80s man by the way wild at heart next month on on our patreon patreon.com don't want to miss kidding. that one <laughs> but it's oh that, I, I just I, I was rewatching it and that's one of the key things that I did remember actually about Cobra that I think makes it stand out from other action movies even from Cano's repertoire because we talked about Invasion in USA it's fun it's all it's all you want but it's just an action movie I love love that this one has horror elements like this is this is borderline as Lasher in the first part it's great well it's, it's even in the second part as well the hospital scene. 
okay, first half. <laughs> it's the first half. <laughs> kind of like splitting it in the middle after the hospital scene is when everything else happens. But just, oh, yes. Brian like, Thompson in glasses looks ridiculous. I'm sorry. Yes. It, it goes full on uh, The Shining in the hospital. It's intense. You're feeling the just the weight of the situation, of the tension of this girl being chased and she's desperately trying to escape from this well, hospital room and she hides in the bathroom and then the other door connecting to the other room, it's it's locked and it's it's great stuff and you're watching it and even though like, y- you care about what's happening on a visceral level and I would say that about the entire movie, it's very visceral in the emotions, in the, in the action, like it's yeah characters are there you can you can find something if you want but at the end of the day you're not you're going to remember more the archetypes themselves rather mm-hmm. than anything specific about their characters but it works you know it's it's it's, it's a nice i don't know, i would even say maybe a pastiche of some sorts but yeah i think that's a that's a brave way to put it because on on one see films like like ramble to work as a pastiche but then and this, I think, works as a pastiche, but it, equally, it's it's taking itself seriously. Yes. Right? And then on the sort of connections, by the way, like, there are scenes in here that kind of just feel like you just saw them in the Terminator, like when, when, the, when the Night Slasher is just, like, doing his makeup, like, doing his hair. Like, he feels like, like the scene that when Arnold Fixing. is replacing his eye and doing mm. his things. And then he's wearing a, I think, he's wearing a, uh, prost- I think this is a prosthetic or a robot. I think so. There's a, there's a, there's a little bit of a quick cut, and you don't see Arnold. You see a, a, an animatronic face. <laughs> he looks like Brian Thompson. That face. Uh, it's just, and and even when you mentioned, oh, it's full on horror. I think these people are well aware of what they're doing. Like then, in a scene where you see Bridget Nielsen against the wall, and you see the knife going through yeah. the door. They know they're, what they want to do. They say, like, we want to do, like, I want to have my shining shot, right? But then they also, what they do is, this, I'm, this is, I'm not sure whether they're doing this on purpose because it's more likely like a secondhand reference because the whole ho- the whole hospital scene, to me, this is a, this is a ho- Halloween 2 connection, but it's a Rob Zombie Halloween 2 connection. Like when she, this the frantic escape from the hospital. This is the beginning to Halloween too. I mean, fair. By Rob I, Zombie. Um, Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie loves the seventies and eighties. I'm that. telling you, that's, like, that's that's what I'm thinking. Like he probably just loves Cobra, and they're just thinking, I want this. I want to do this enough. Yeah, it's it's so good. <laughs> it's so good, and, and but it's so ridiculous at the same time. And uh, yeah. I don't know. What, yeah, and and I don't know. Like the the character of the night slasher as well. But by the way, the, the whole idea that it's more than one person is 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 also quite interesting. And I don't know if I maybe I was misreading this or maybe I'm reading into it a bit too much. But I feel like this is well, this is where it becomes a bit of a pastiche because they're actively taking in. I think the man the the Charles Manson family archetype and building it into a slasher what do you think am i reading into this maybe it's that's kind of a, of a weak element because the entire cult it's, it's faceless people pretty much outside of yeah. like the, like the head three, night stalker like three people right and the the cop the the, the lady cop who's um who's a double agent let's say she's working mm-hmm. for the cult like those people are eh, 
I mean, it's just them. It's I think that's that's kind of where the movie loses points in in the narrative aspect for me. And it definitely lost points for everyone who watched it back then and even now, judging by some reviews I read. It is very like I, I finished watching the movie and I kind of thought, what's what's the point? <laughs> And that's because it's like the point is fun. You're watching the movie and you want faceless baddies and henchmen just getting slaughtered left and right. They're bad. They kill people. They slaughter innocent civilians. That's all you need to know about them. That's all you have to care. I think there are parts that were cut, giving Mm -hmm. more depth to the cult. Do we need them? Kind of, if you want to know more about them. But at the end of the day, I can just kind of accept it at face value. Just they're bad. They're everywhere. It's uh, the system is corrupt. I don't know. But to me, this is like a I don't want to say a knee jerk reaction, but a reaction to the times because the eighties were infamously a violent era in America. Wasn't Would it you... the Satanic Panic as well? <laughs> it feels like it's borderline. Kind of like are they doing Satanic rituals? What are they up to? Potentially. Although these rituals, by the way, they look like something that. Um, like David Fincher would have directed in in a music video. Like this is like a Paula Abdul <laughs> video. <laughs> yes. And then and you watch these like insert shots of these bikes and these clinking axes, and I feel like I'm watching like a dry run for Alien Three with mm. these sort of weird video moments because I don't know how they shot these things, but it kind of feels very di- very different to the rest of the film. And I'm I I don't mm. know I kind of appreciate the sort of this sort of angle that they're, you know, I think this is just a reactionary sort of, I mean, politically speaking, like, it will be a reactionary sort of thing that, you know, just the world is in a difficult place. The Vietnam War has been a disaster for everyone. And and that's just about, I think there's still people that are, are still processing this. And then crime is, is everywhere. And like the film starts with like recounting like how many murders and rapes are in America every hour or something like this. I don't know how it, factual that is, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's clearly <laughs> trying to make a point. It's like, look at how violent the world has become. And then this is the answer where we like, you know, it, like you kind of have to become this as in like we need a hero who doesn't play by the rules. We need a hero who doesn't, um, you know, who's not not a goody two shoes sort of Superman with his little sort of lock of hair. He he doesn't care about killing people. He doesn't he doesn't give a shit if like yeah he like well if if people get killed in the process well that's just collateral damage. Who cares? So you know it's creating a fantasy. Yeah. It's not too different from my, like the opening of the Judge Dredd movies. It's kind of like it's mm-hmm. the year twenty forty two. Crime is rampant. There's a murder every five seconds. Are you <laughs> serious? It's in twenty thirty two. No, it's, it's it just kind of feels like that. It's 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 yeah. it's almost like a dystopia, and even the world doesn't feel real ever, which is interesting. Maybe the fact is, that it's yeah. set at older times as well. I mean, it is an eighties movie, so fair enough. <laughs> it doesn't but feel like it's our own. Like but... if you think about this, like even going from like Taxi Driver onwards, right? Like you, mm. you'll see that there's there's been a transition towards like just showing the sort of grit and 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 horribleness of 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 the crime world. Like there's no romanticizing. There's like you, yeah, of of, of gangster life, right? It's all about blood and guts. And then when you think about 
I can't even think saying that something like Escape from New York is probably a good and good companion piece because you see like the world has become this horrible place that you actually have to actively sequester New York as a penal colony. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. It kind of makes interesting comments almost accidentally. I mean, it's not accident. I, I feel like Stallone, was, when he was writing this, he was kind of just, you know, I, I don't know. He felt this is the right thing to do. Although, by the way, do you know this is based on a book? I do actually. <laughs> Did you know that it's also been remade? Yes, I've seen. I, I saw this the remake back in no, the nineties, dude, no. with Cindy Crawford and Billy Baldwin. No, oh. <laughs> that's oh. an uncut gem. <laughs> oh my! God. That's a death by adaptation. <laughs> Just sentence the movie to death instantly. <laughs> Oof. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I I'd say this like the the sort of. The emergence of 70s and 80s, I mean, okay, we could argue, I think, that the sort of, the action hero emerged in the 70s, right? Like from the sort of taxi drivers and like Charlie Bronson films. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, basically, emerged from westerns, right? But kind of just was inventing a word, gritified (laughs) by, by just the tough life. And then, but I feel like this is... Like when the seventies had had Superman, <laughs> the eighties had these people like John Matrix and Marion Cabretti, right? Like this is or and John Rambo. Like these people are kind of just people who are kind of nuanced as well, as in like they're not all good. They have a dark side. Like John Rambo is is essentially a PTSD victim, right? Um, and then in the, even in the second one, it's all is also used by his government. It's great. Um, and and like you have John Matrix, who's who's just like I don't know, who's a superhero who doesn't really just play games with you. He's just like I'm, you know. It's no nonsense. No nonsense. Do you know how I promised I'll kill you last? I lied. <laughs> it's just you know, it, there's there's that kind of sort of filmmaking to me. And then to me, the first pastiche of this is a film that came a bit after, which is Die Hard. No. In what way? Wait. In in a way that John McClane is is no well, it, you, you, I could argue right that Cobra, as in Marion Cobretti, the character of Cobra, um, or like someone like John Matrix, John Rambo, they're all Johns, by the way. And by the way, this is a fun, a fun tangent. The reason the guy's name is Marion is because John John Wayne's birth name is Marion, and then they they were kind of poking fun at the fact that every single uh, sort of superhero is called John. Anyway, but the um the the idea that John McClane is a pastiche is because he's none of those things. He's not like an action hero. He's a he's a guy who bleeds. He doesn't have like muscles or anything like that. Yeah, he's a bit of a smartass as well. So he's he's almost like a wrong man in the wrong place, sort of like caught in the gears of whatever plot that's that's happening. Meanwhile, like John Matrix and John Rambo and. Marion Cobretti would be just like, there's a plot going on, I'm going in, right? <laughs> Who cares about rules? Who cares about personal safety and the safety of others? Yeah. Just, uh, it's great. Yeah, it, I don't know. It's it's honestly, it is interesting. And then, by the way, this is something that I, I've, I've written this down as, a, as one of my first notes. And yeah. Which is, uh, well, 
well, first of all, like it's kind of human humanizing a character for 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 a change because you know, like when you think about John Rambo, like he's defined by by a few things, but like there there's there are things about characters we talk like there's did you notice that Stallone's character has like a healthy eating obsession and it's like a running joke. It's great. Like he just talks about just how like oh you should eat eat, eat an apple like what the fuck. Is doing? <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't. He has yeah. a, a slice of pizza in his apartment, and he has to just cut cut a bit of it off and with just, scissors. Sa- with scissors <laughs> and save the rest for later. I, which my I think, theory and, is he's not saving it for later. This is the stuff that he doesn't eat because the crust is where the calories are. Oh, but that, that's that's how it works. Yeah, <laughs> it's I don't know. I, I think anyone who uses scissors to cut pizza should be put in jail. But that's that's, that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> Yeah, look, if any of our followers, my top three list now. <laughs> oh man, oh man. If any of our followers uh, use scissors, I'll, I'll make an exception for you because they're cool. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone no, else? There's, but there's so many cool sort of like identifying features for this character. Apart from the way he looks, like there's his car, there's his, there's his look, and there's his healthy eating. He's he's a potty mouth as well, and he has like this sort of history going on with his cat with other characters that you don't give a shit about like there's this other guy in the police precinct that is it is there is this way harding i can't remember now there's the a guy who punches guy. yeah yes it, yeah. yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's like these people have depth and i'm just like you never expect characters to have that much sort of going on for them <laughs> in a canon film no yeah. it's very stripped down back to basics um, which is kind of what I like about those movies. It's, it's just it's, you turn your brain off. You don't need much more to 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 have a good time. You know, um, it's it's the little character moments that that make it fun. And I'm just confused how, like, even the side characters that just come up here and there, uh, they have fun moments and quirks that make you go, "Why? Well, what's happening here?" Like, for instance, the. Early on in the movie, when Stallone gets back to his apartment by the car, and there's the whole like pushing the other car with his own car scene Mm -hmm. with this Latinx crowd, whatever. And then the the day after, like at night, they're (laughs) still there. It's like, what do you do? But they they respect them, by by the way. There's the sort of like, yes, yes, sir. Yep. Yep. They respect him there, but I'm just thinking, like, what do you do all day? Do you just stand near your car and just chill? They're bums. Like they don't do anything. They they have like alcohol in bags, you know. So you need so you need for a good time, men and women together and and alcohol. You're yeah, done. they're just they're just hanging out. They don't go to school. They don't go to work. They're just there at the beach. But it's 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 dumb shit like that. Like I I remembered that. It's been three years. I remembered the, the that's that moment. There are better mm-hmm. movies that I've seen two months ago where I forget yeah. entire like plots. <laughs> True, but then simple yet effective. It is, it is, and although you you could, I don't know whether this is a direction sort of thing or whether this is writing or whether this is just Stallone's charisma as well and just like here's what's going to be cool, right? But there are, there are moments in here where you just feel like. By the way, it actually feels. Like, I don't know if I'm alone in this. It feels like it, like if you didn't know when it when it was made, you watch this and you and you know that it was made after Rocky Four. Like it almost uh, has like montages. The the nature of the montages is pretty funny. 
I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Especially with songs describing blatantly what's happening in the montages. <laughs> it's just so great. I don't know. Yeah. And then like to me, to to me, this is unbelievable that this film has 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like it's ridiculous. I get it. It's Do you? Really? Yes, yes, yes. Because I've 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 had conversations with people like that before. Um these people, people are sad. The... They are sad people. That's oh. <laughs> that's because you they're lactose intolerant. That's what they are. It's true. the type of people that you're watching. <laughs> like I I don't get it. I don't get it. The type of people that sit down to watch something like this, they're laughing, clearly having a good time. By the time the credits roll, they go, that was so stupid. I hate it. It's like, what? (laughs) Why? You were laughing. I had that same exact situation, especially when you're meant to enjoy what's happening. It's it's really frustrating. I had this combo um, during uni, watching Aquaman. I don't remember even why we did that, but we just watched Aquaman one night. I think it was on Netflix, whatever. And we were laughing. We were having a good time. We were watching the film. It's fun. And then, so what did you guys think? Oh, man, this is this is so bad. Like, it's ridiculous. It's laughable. It's like, that's kind of the point. Did you have fun? Yes. But also, I don't think it's good. It's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the same people who make this like a 25% on Metacritic and whatever. It's like a five point something on IMDb, which is super low for its standards. Just kind of like, yes, you yeah. don't you don't know how to have fun. You're having fun, but you don't accept it because it's, I don't know, you lose street cred, I guess. I think that's that. I think that's a good, that's an important part of this. I would also add that there are, there are films, critics and fans, and there are especially honestly, young critics are probably more guilty of this than the older guys who are just a bit more sort of like I don't know, self aware this way. They're just like, mm. I can have fun with Steven Seagal. I don't care, right? It's the um, idea of a star rating. F- just or in in general just rating a film just ruining things for people because all of a sudden Uh. it doesn't it doesn't really it's not about oh did you have fun yes i had four stars worth of fun this this never works like this it's all well the star rating has to reflect how good it is in my ranking in my top 100 in my top 1000 so so even though i had fun it has to go down the bottom because it's not very well made. It's something like that. And it's just, and also, and, and then the street characters. And also, what what will people think about me? Right? I mean, when I watched this, yeah. I gave it three and a half. This is like five. four, solid four at least, Jesus. <laughs> hey, my, my name's Nicolo Grasso, and it's been a year and four months since I last rated a movie. There you go. So, you know, I'm, I'm living my best life right now. I can watch, <laughs> I can watch, like, I don't know, I can watch a Jesus Franco. A Pitch Pong Veraceta Chul movie and Cobra, and all three of them get the heart. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. well, but which is better? It's like, I don't give a fuck. They're three completely different movies. Just watch them, read what I said, and that's it. <laughs> I, I agree, star ratings ruined every, ruin everything. I mean, if you're serious about them, they do, but like, if I you treat, are, yes. I treat yeah. them about like, this is like my gut reaction. I'm just like, this, I feel like this is a four star sort of situation, and just I don't think about this, right? Yeah. You, uh, anymore right it just to me this is like a reminder for myself this is how this is how much i enjoyed doing do, spending time with this film so and i could i could honestly have like three in a row you could i could have cobra i could have taken and i could have i don't know moonlight all four star films for me <laughs> 
<laughs> I honestly like it's probably gonna sound uh, uh, gatekeepy to some. I don't care. Or just I have way more respect for someone who is able to do that instead of those that go like, how can you like Cobra? Mm. I had so many like I had a group of friends that are not friends anymore for other reasons. Just um, because of Cobra? No, not because of Cobra. Just other movies as well. Where it's kind of like. But but how can you? I, I I had like Blood for Dracula in my top one hundred. I love that movie. They were kind of like. I mean, it's it, it kind of fun. But how can you? How can you, how can you love that? It's like well, I do. What's the problem? <laughs> it's kind of like well, but, but just but then you have the I don't know my left foot. That's a, it's a, it's a classic movie. That's that's the type of movie that's. How can you say they are on the same level? So how can both be four stars? That's the kind of like the star rating thing. Which it's is why like I'm happy the, to not use them anymore. It's like the age-old conversation that's now well on. I mean, I think it's still on YouTube somewhere. That sort of episode of At the Movies with Gene Sisko <laughs> and uh, Roger Ebert when oh, they were the arguing movies, yeah. about Benji the Hunted and Full Metal Jacket. Because he, he was just, how can you give, Roger, how can you give Benji the Hunted more stars? Or like four stars or three stars when you gave... Full Metal Jacket, just to, and you're just like, they're on different scales, my man. Like, this is not like, I'm not ranking them against them. Like, it's not like, it's well, not clearly, you should watch Benji the Hunted, skip Full Metal Jacket, <laughs> just watch this. <laughs> it's a different conversation. I, I, I'm all for people who use ratings for their own, like, it's easier to keep track of things if you rate them because, you know, like in the 3.5 crowd, you have those movies and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. It's when people, use ratings instead of conversations instead of what we do here which is what i love is just kind of like talking about it but rating means nothing like at the end of this it could be five stars it could be three stars it doesn't matter we had we we know why we like it we know what, yep. what we don't like about it and that's that's and that's and, and yeah and, and you see cobra's reviews and it's kind of like hey, fair enough like people it's, it's, it's everything we just talked about it's a shame but i don't hold it against yeah. them you know and there are and there are films that you, you kind of feel like they're that you you feel like you're supposed to not like certain films. Or you're supposed to like certain films because this is just what what the sort of the narrative is nowadays. Like this is now a very sort of uh, I I could honestly see like a like the Guardian piece somewhere when <laughs> where some lady because this this would probably be some lady who would probably just say well how Cobra. Is a is a is a is a display of toxic masculinity and what's wrong with the right wing press and it's just like well this is just a cops and robbers film fucking just sit down just just calm down but yeah you feel like this is the, this is almost like not cool to like anymore because it feels like it has a... probably wasn't back then as well to be well, honest <laughs> well it made shit ton of money because it almost feels like it's it because it, it's appealing to the men people spoke. <laughs> Yeah, the people spoke, but it feels like it's appealing to men, and it's now nowadays even more so. It's almost like this is a no. This this cannot be just appealing to men. It has to be. It has it has to like tick certain boxes, and it's fine yeah, when cool. when I think there's there's a time and there's a time and place for everything. But there's there, I'm happy where the films like this exist. It's just when when people talk about this having a cult status, usually this comes with like a critical reevaluation. Well, you see, even these these ratings, these sort of tomato meter sort of um, ratings, trickle up a little bit, and it, this doesn't happen. This is, hasn't happened for this movie. Like it just still sits just 
at the bottom of the barrel and people just make fun of it. And I think there's just like a universe, a small community of 40, like 35 to 45, to 35 to 50 year old men who are like, Cobra's fucking great. <laughs> and me. <laughs> and you. <laughs> I, you I, honestly, I think it's just a, a byproduct of being a canon film. Like I, it's it's still early outside of something like you know the big big cult films that they made like Texas Chainsaw Two, um, uh, Love Streams like those types of movies outside of those very specific group most of the of most of the canon films will keep up being very niche mm-hmm. because again you're either in for the ride and you accept it and you have fun with it or you're just kind of snobbish even if you're having fun you still cannot like accept it in your own heart that you're having fun with those films so it's just yeah i mean i agree and yeah but then the film actually has a lot of i mean you say that it doesn't really have much meat on the bone it kind of does although it's kind of just silly right i think that's that's when the that's when the lady uh, the right anti-right wing lady comes out (laughs) well yeah but then i think it's just i think it's earnestly trying to comment about police brutality while showing indulging you it. in it yes while indulging right in, which nowadays is a no-no because if you if you're critiquing critiquing something you have to be on the opposite side which is why like weirdly enough now like martin scorsese's the wolf of wall street is kind of just being looked at as like oh what's this like they're glorifying this like no fucking <laughs> yeah it's tricky like i've been i've been reading for death adaptation um filth Mm-hmm. By Ir- Irving Welsh. Irvine Welsh, yeah. Jesus Christ, have you read it? I haven't read it. I it's... saw the film. Oh my god! Oh, oh boy! If you want to talk about like portrayals of police that can be still can that can it's... still be entertaining while also showing you absolute like garbage some people are. It's it's, it's like the bad lieutenant of books. It's it yeah <laughs> yeah it is it is and. And uh, I again just to close from from my side the whole like reception side of things for the for the movie. It's uh, ironically there's very little space for nuance anymore. So it's I can see people being kind of like, well, if you like Cobra, that means secretly you are a raging misogynist. Uh, right-wing, pro-police, Blue Lives Matter capitalist uh, <laughs> pig. <laughs> no, one, no one cares about poor Bridget Nielsen just having her life saved. No, <sighs> we don't. No one, no, no one cares about Bridget Nielsen anymore. Because it is, a, it is a western again. It's, it, it is essentially a western. Like all of these films, like you can think of, like it, it, it's a, it's a slasher. It's a western. Like it's about damsel in distress. A, like a, you know, like the sort of. Uh, man, man with no name, sort of slash um, rogue sheriff, and a bunch of and, and a bunch of villains wearing black. Right, it's just filtered through a, through a, the eighties excess of let's just put squibs on everyone. Right, so um, good squibs, although, explosions, stunts. This is this is why I think in a in a Hollywood film this would have never happened. Like this is where Tarantino would have probably told you it's like they would have never made you made let let you let you get away with it because the eighties was kind of like an era of like overcorrection for political correctness, right? Uh, 
but this is an indie film <laughs> so they were like who gives a shit like who have money to burn let's do this right genocide usa Woo! <laughs> it's oh my god i i i i was so there's there's multiple like there's one car chase in one kind of car chase with motorcycles involved mm-hmm. oh my boy boy how no one died on this production is insane that's a no. miracle right there. <laughs> like we talked about this. is like a Hong Kong film. It's just only made with people who have cameras that are good. <laughs> There's people falling off the bikes and, and the other guys just barely missing them with, <laughs> with the wheels. Yeah, oh, and like... they don't have helmets too. <laughs> oh. It's just Christ. <laughs> someone definitely got second degree burns from some of the explosions. I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... yeah. Uh... Although I have to say that the finale with all... like. It's just great. I could see James Cameron going like, "I, I can, I, I see how you've uh, lifted a few things from my first Terminator. I'm going to, I'm going to lift the finale from your film and make it in T2. How about that? It's a tip of the hat. It's a tip I'll, of the hat. Yeah. To be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of the climax. No, really, with the uh, hook. No, like it has moments, but but in general, just the, the the geography of the space is a mess. I don't know how big this factory is. I don't know when everyone is. To be fair, there's barely anyone around I at mean, that point. Everyone else is, is dead. A... It just killed like 40 people on the road. But Oh, yeah. This is just a feature of the film. Like, the, the, like <laughs> you don't know how big things are. Like, the big, the first, the shop in the opening set piece. Like, it's, I, I feel like this is like, like a mega shop. And I don't. Yeah, it feels like both a, a super small supermarket and a, like a massive mall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it takes forever for Stallone to just walk through it. <laughs> And I'm just thinking, like, people, you can leave. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, where's that's the your, guy? The this terrorist exact is observation right. is in my bottom list. Like, woman, you can leave. You're at the door. <laughs> Stallone is just walking around. No one looks at him. Like, yeah. oh. I mean, he does, in his defense, he doesn't look like a cop. <laughs> I wouldn't be looking at him. That's true. <laughs> just Cobra. Cobra just standing near you. Just pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah. Like, he's, he's, he's the one who's going to shoot me. <laughs> But then to kind of just, I don't know, um, to connect it to next week's conversation, because we're going to be talking about Mandy. I have to say this. This is one of my first notes I took. This film is essentially Mandy with a happy ending. Think about it. The cult, uh, saving the lady. Yes. The saving uh, the, the lady is, is the happy ending, right? The faceless villains with masks dressed in black. Cult leaders look like Charlie Manson, and then they have this monologue at the end, you know, just ready to bleed, pig. He has this sort of almost like this sort of distorted voice as well, like like the guy in Mandy. Axes, axes everywhere. Or, although censored in this cut, unfortunately, but still the intentions were there. Yeah, there's not enough drugs. No, there's not. So it drugs. feels like it's yeah, like the, but I feel like the. The father-son connection is kind of in close between... There, there's a connection between Cobra and Mandy where I think Panos Cosmatos is referencing his dad's work. So well, Mandy, Mandy is, is, is an art house canon film. It is, yeah. It's Although, like, what if a canon movie was low cinema? <laughs> so you still get you get the, the, the violence and the action and you also get five minutes of atmospheric music and pretty shots of landscape and people walking through the woods, you know? 
<laughs> exactly. I don't want to spoil what because we already talked about Mandy. You're you gonna hear about this next week. It's beefy conversation. It's gonna, it, it is. It is. A, it is a lengthy conversation as well. So because there's more people in it. How, however, I'll, I'll, I'll say this: like there's there's a reason why I like Cobra the way I do, and then one of the reasons is because it's 87 minutes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And then this is the the thirty seven the, the the thirty three extra minutes in Monday is basically people walking through forests <laughs> in slow motion in slow motion or talking about starlings for like five minutes at a time. <sighs> but yeah, anyway, I I feel like I'm out of notes, so so I don't know. It's, it's I think it's a good time to kind of just wrap it up, isn't it? Unless yeah. you have something else that you want to get off your chest. I'm looking at the notes, not really. Well, there you go. So. How about we just final take? What's your final take about Cobra? Did it grow grow in your estimation after we just spent an hour talking about this? Or it did actually, yes. There yes. you go. <laughs> but that's but that's that's the power of canon, man. It is. It's it's again it's the Tarantino quote. But do you like it because it's so much fun, Jen? Get, Get it. it. <laughs> it's so much fun. I I I'm happy we did this again. It's one of those instances where I'm just happy we did it. Because I, I, in my memory, it wasn't. That's the weird thing. In my memory, it wasn't a good time. But then this I looked back and I liked films. it. <laughs> I liked it. I gave it three and a half back then. So that's the weirdest thing. It's kind of like, yeah, Ooh. the review is fairly positive, and they said kind of the same things I said this time around. It's it's messy narratively. You can feel that it's been cut around, and there's changes here and there, and there might have been some problems behind the scenes with who's actually helming the project. But it works. Like Stallone's charisma for to spare in this film, Bridget Nielsen not as bad as in Red Sonia. <laughs> hey, you stay away from Red Sonia. <laughs> I, I I wish I could. I wish I could. <laughs> my first Arnold Schwarzenegger film. I have oh, such no. a I have such a I have such a massive. Ah. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> this is a nostalgic sort of thing for me. You know, I know it's not good, but I, you know. But yes, Cobra, very fun time. I, w- I would recommend it to, to a specific type of people. If you're, if you're looking for... 35 and 50. <laughs> and if you are like on my same wavelength of just weird eclectic taste. Uh, in that case, go for it. If, if you like to have fun in a very earnest way, just go for it. <laughs> Your Jakub, your thoughts. Yeah, exactly. If you feel like John McClane is a misogynist and then and then he's an action hero who needs to be stopped, just you wait. Ten reasons why <laughs> Die Hard is secretly uh, anti-American. Oh Christ! It's just a great film. Uh, all just all things considered, it's solid. It's paced well. I'm super happy that it looks the way it does. It it looks great, by the way. Like it's filmed with with some kind of 80s flair that you don't feel like if you think about like 80s filmmaking and feel feel like how 80s 80s films look like this is what they look like it's great and um same cinematographer as red dawn yeah, well i just realized really yes but then, i don't know it's to, this is to me then the difference between okay well m- between directors because I remember I mean there's there's a conversation to be had which we didn't really have about the sort of ownership of the film whether George Picos Matos was directing anything or not but if you watch 
Rambo 2, for instance, which I know Stallone was also in it, and I think he had a few things to say, but there are things that if you don't, if you watch anything else like Rocky 4 or I don't know, anything else that Stallone was in it that George Picasmatas didn't direct, you see, you see, you see the Stallone isms and you see stuff that's missing as well. So, so there's this sort of like weird sort of mixed overlap. And I feel like there's the hyper stylized sort of elements of aesthetics. This is pure Cosmatos. Like the like, he has these f- moments. He doesn't really want to stand in between you and the film too much, but when he does, he does it in a very interesting way. And here, it kind of looks like a Paula Abdul sort of video that you know David Fincher would be, would be looking like. I want to make movies that look like this. Um, but in general, like in like in Rumble Two, he has this sort of scene where they just take him out of this sort of pit with leeches everywhere, and he looks like Jesus Christ. He has this sort mm-hmm. of, you know. And I'm just symbolism, thinking, but it's just against the sun, and it's very, very flashy and very sort of hyper stylized. It looks exactly like this is something that Sylvester Stallone never did in in the films that he officially directed. This kind kind of shit's absent. And then in here you have these moments where there's this in the finale where there's fire everywhere, and there's just it just looks, I don't know, it looks nice. <laughs> the film looks nice to me. It does. Uh, yeah, I really, I would really recommend it to like. And you like, you like action films? Just go and watch this. You like canon films? Like, if you listen to our last week's episode about an invasion, you were saying you think like this is a great film. Just follow up with this. This is great. <laughs> You're not going to be disappointed. It's just amazing. It feels like it almost. Feels, <laughs> this is this is a like this is where some people <laughs> we know would roll their eyes and it's just like Yaku's being being an idiot again. Like when in this episode in the village. I was just like this, like when I, when I was trying to make a case that the village takes place in the universe of the purge, <laughs> and Jack was like, "You're an idiot." No, <laughs> I'm thinking. Sounds like Arnold. <laughs> You're an no. idiot, Jakub. Uh, no. I, I, I didn't really try to make it make, <laughs> make myself sound like Jack. It's just like it just always <laughs> shoots me down. But I'm just thinking to myself, this film could be a spin-off to a Rocky film. Like this is where Rocky finishes. Like he decides to retire from boxing, <laughs> and he start decides that he needs to fix the country, and then decides mm. to be a police officer. <laughs> and, and and even and that's definitely happening after Rocky Four because they have a robot as well in there. I mean, it's on the set of the sort of music video, which is actually like the angel in the city. It's great. <laughs> what a uh, sequence! Yeah, it feels like it, this film takes place in the Rocky Four universe where Rocky decided he no longer... He, like, he defeated communism, now he's back home. He needs to go and say, like, look, we defeated the USSR, we need to fix our own country. Let me just... Where's my gun? <laughs> yeah, so... One bullet at a time. One, yeah, exactly. I just, you know, I don't deal with psychos. I put them away. <laughs> it's just... Uh, yeah, I, I really like this film. It's super solid, and I'm, yeah, I'm super happy I rewatched this. So... Top three, yes. Let's go for top three or top however many moments. <laughs> no, top three, top three. I've I've kept it fairly uh, concise, I guess. Uh, the hospital sequence with the shining reference, great, mm-hmm. very effective, very thrilling. Uh, two, I love. I mentioned this before. The band, like the sequence on the side of the road when they stop to eat. There's. <laughs> Bridget Nielsen is putting way too much ketchup in her fries, where even Stallone is concerned. He's going, what the? Just, just a burger. Your entree is ready. 
Like, do you want some fries with that ketchup? <laughs> just, just drink it. Put it in a glass. Oh my god, slow down, lady. Uh, and 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 lastly, the opening. Just the opening is a perfect short film because it's long. It's long. It's like ten minutes. Again. <laughs> yes, it's like ten minutes long, twelve minutes long, however long yeah. it is. It's a it's a lengthy sequence, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like it. It's very well paced, very exciting, very tense, and it ends with the old-timer quote no you're the disease i am the cure great stuff oh so great that's like boners popping all over the world whenever that's said like that's a man (laughs) by the way did you notice um the matchstick he has in his mouth because it's normally you expect a toothpick but he has a matchstick and he doesn't smoke. And like it's like a Chekhov's matchstick because then he just takes it out of his mouth at the end of the film and he just lights the fucking guy on fire. Yes, yes. Great stuff. What a kill. <laughs> Your top three, yeah. My top three. Okay, there's there's more than three, but then some of them you've mentioned and some of them are kind of like honorable mentions. So Is the ketchup on there? It's it's late. It's coming come later. No. <laughs> uh, you're you're a liar. What's your language? We're in public. This is great. The hook finale, the fact, the idea of like putting the guy on a hook and he just screams—it's just such a great finale. Just I watches it. him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you almost expect that he would just come back, like as like a metal skeleton, like he's like he actually is a Terminator. <laughs> just melted away the flesh. It's just yeah, like like in the original Terminator when he just goes like, which is you know, I've 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 argued in an article I've written for myself when you know Hollywood Halloween two ends. And then the Terminator 2 picks up after that because the Michael Myers would just come back to life as a skeleton uh, in Halloween 2. Anyway, so the hook finale I mentioned, where they, this, this, they mentioned, this, oh, another honorable mention that you mentioned already. So when they, at their little stand and the guy, I think Gonzalez, his name is, the partner, yes. when he mentions, like, you should say this to him. And just call, she calls him Marion. This is her real name, and they have this conversation where they take the piss out of it, out of the fact that he has a girl's name. And just, and then he says at some point, I think in the same scene, he's just like, "I always want to have a more strong, manly name, like what Alice." It's <laughs> a great line. Like this is, I like, I, I like the way Stallone writes. I don't know it's, why. It's very but, genuine as well. Yeah, he's you know he's not the he's not like Aaron Sorkin or David Mamet that you just feel like he's just writing these lines with one hand on his dick, but it just feels honest i like the sort of earnest screenwriting and filmmaking it just feels like he just puts his heart out on the page it's great the one-liners again and <laughs> you're the disease i'm the cure this is where the laws this is another good one this is where the law stops and i start you sucker at the end it's great um and then actual three moments three things that are just really top-notch for me the entire scene when cobra Rolls up and then just like working all night, trying to make a living. He pushes the car, he bumps in the car, and the guy goes like, chinga tu madre, something, you know, just like they swear at him in Spanish and just takes the guy's cigarette out of his mouth with his full hand like this, just just grabs it. And then he just ruins his shirt and says, What is just like, what, is, what does he say? And just like, Oh, clean no. up your act. <laughs> And he, he just walks away, well. yeah. and he walks away with sort of like he has like the John Wayne sort of uh, gait cadence to his walk to the way he walks on purpose because he does not walk like this, <laughs> and so it's clearly taking the take, taking inspiration from like John Wayne sort of like 
he's just a badass John Wayne because John Wayne is a bit more, I don't know, sanitized, right? And then he goes home, he puts a television set on and he eats a pizza with his scissors <laughs> while wearing sunglasses. Only after a while he takes his sunglasses off. He's just like, oh, fucking why, why do I have Does he also have gloves on? He also has gloves. <laughs> this whole time he has gloves on. Like, you know, keeping it, his hands clean. <laughs> And I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm amazed how well they manage his glasses, the reflecting glasses that you can't see the camera. Like, never, ever. Not There's even the Matrix where, could. Well, well, they had to, like, replace it, right? Like, digitally. They put a lot the of, like, black tape in the first one around the camera so that you don't notice. All right, yeah. Because I thought in the first <laughs> Matrix, they, they had um, digitally replaced the sort of reflections so they would look cool. Um, like their hands, like this. That's one that is a yeah. Yeah, they're digitally replaced. But then there's one scene in Cobra. By the way, this is not a top moment. But when they actually replace the glasses for once, that they are no longer reflective in the car because I think they were realizing we, okay, there's no way we can avoid seeing seeing the camera in them. So they just gave him different glasses that don't reflect. Did you notice? I did not actually. <laughs> so I, th- I thought this was it so that's one another one the guy being rammed with the van the security guy who exits the elevator when they when they try to hunt down bridget nielsen mm. and the 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 cut the match cut between the cut where the guy's in the shot and the van's coming in is seamless like holy shit i have no idea how they made this happen because they do it in seemingly in one take in one shot where you see the, the van just just smashing the guy against the wall and clearly he's not in there Mag- movie magic but the absolute best thing about the film the best is the music just the music in i've listened to the soundtrack three times already and i watched it two days ago it's the, the fact that it describes everything it's just rocky four again like rocky four is one of my favorite soundtracks but this is just right there Feel the heat, such a such a banger! Oh my goodness, the angel in the city, loving on borrowed time, <laughs> suave, suave. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> anyway, bottom three. Bottom three. Yeah. Okay, I don't like the Romans. <laughs> Romans can go. No one cares. No one believes it. Fair enough that they were together and Stallone just kind of forced it in. I just... Eh, eh, I don't care. Boring. It's the only boring part about the entire movie. Uh, secondly, cutting the pizza with the scissors. <laughs> There's so much food hate crime going on in this film. <laughs> I can handle some things in life, but just violence against pizzas. No, we don't do that here. The Italian in the room is like, this is where oh, you mamad your last Mia. <laughs> you should be thankful I finished the movie after that part. You should just stop and go, no, not doing this, not putting myself through it today. And then we got to the to the ketchup on the on the fries. Oh my god. And lastly, just the, the funniest part to me is the monologue of the villain at the end, where he kind of goes, ah, you're not gonna. <laughs> yeah, <because> <laughs> <laughs> I'm just for, for the listeners out there. I just showed Nicolo Hadia the, uh, the age-old meme of pasta la vista of Italian chef loading penne into a gun. <laughs> it's great. Anyway, you were saying it's my spirit animal. <laughs> uh, the villain at the end 
where he has his old like monologue against Stallone, where he's not going to kill him. He's like, "Oh, murder is against the law. You, you're not, you cannot kill me." It's kind of like, well, he just murdered forty people without batting an eye. <laughs> why, why are you different now? Yeah, what's what's stop changed? Now. <laughs> why would it stop now? It's the dumbest. It's the dumbest idea for a monologue, especially since he has never like waited or been in doubt like Cobra to kill someone. <laughs> It's like, why are, you, why are you making this whole speech, man? That's kind of trying to force a larger theme that just doesn't exist in the movie. It's just going to... Ah. Anyway. Yeah. That's it for me. <laughs> That's it? Yeah. Okay. I'm just follow on from this and say, like, Night Slasher says pig too much. I know this is like a Charles Manson reference. Because it was just like, you know, piggies and pigs and that's that's the sort of Charles Manson sort of Tate Labianca murder sort of situation. But like he ruins a great monologue almost. Like because it's it's very sort of cheesy already, but it's just you wanna go to hell, huh, pig? You wanna go to hell with me? And it's then not the just, best acting. It's just but he has an he has an interesting voice. Like I know he's not the best actor. Like you're filthy society, whatever. Like it, this could this should have been Arnold. That should have been Arnold, but Arnold was too big for this. And he says, we are the future. And Cobra goes like, nah, your history fucking goes on the hook. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, but the, the fact that he says pig like eight times in there, it just bothers me. Another one. The great act- screenwriting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is me being consistent. This is, uh, yeah, this is the George <laughs> Pika's man. No, this is Paula Gosling who wrote the oh, book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Stallone's untouchable. Anyway. And I quote, pig, pig, pig. <laughs> this is fucking pigs ever. Um, the axe clinking inserts a little bit too much. Like once or twice is fine, but it just comes in and out for no reason. I bet they shot that in like two hours. And they padded it out because it was they just an hour and ten minutes. <laughs> after, they just recut the movie. It's like, where do we put this scene? We we don't have a moment where we put this whole scene. It's like, yeah, just, it's just sprinkle it in. <laughs> Here and there. <laughs> just put a red filter on it. It's going to be great. It's fine. <laughs> what Bridget Nielsen does to her fries is a hate, cr- hate crime. Like, seriously. <laughs> I don't know. If you meet someone who puts ketchup, like, not, okay, well, you want some ketchup? Well, fry some with that ketchup? It's, that's for a reason. Because he probably, he probably, it probably wasn't even the script. He just looked at it and said, what the hell did you do, woman? <laughs> Like, anyway, seriously, if you ever meet someone who puts ketchup not in a corner of the plate, just as a little puddle, it's just like, but just goes all over the fries with, with ketchup, just, there's a, they're a sociopath, you should run. It's just, you know. Well. This is what well, you do. Oh, gee, Jesus. Well, you know, the, the puddle is nice. You can just dip, dip, dip. But sometimes it's fun to just sprinkle it on top, you know. One thing I can sprinkle on top, it would be cheese and gravy. And this is how we make poutine, my friend. This is where Randy goes like, fuck yeah, Canada rules. Canadian <laughs> reference. Anyway, <laughs> we mentioned this already, so I'm just not going to dwell on this. Why doesn't the woman in the shop just escape? Like the hostage is way in the back. It takes Stallone like four minutes to find him. And the door is like right there. <laughs> I don't get it. But the one, so the massive, the most massive pet peeve is in this sort of hospital escape scene. When after the shining sequence, which is great and suspenseful, by the way, because you feel like there's another set of doors and you clearly see like Night Sasha has no idea. So, but you just think he might go from the other direction just when she's about to open the door and he will be there. Right? Oh, that'd be cool. But it's not. But then she 
like this this whole thing takes like five minutes there's screaming and shouting and there's just noises and then she walks out onto a cor- into a corridor p- presses the fire alarm and like literally a hundred people walk out of all these rooms have they where were you a second ago like where were you like did you not hear a woman being murdered right there <laughs> she bangs on a door that opens literally a second after yeah it like, just what? makes no sense well Although the whole idea of like hiding in a crowd is great, but then it's just like, where were these people? Like, were they just like, just shh, let them kill this woman? Like, let's be happy it's not me. Well, maybe this is a social commentary. So clever. So like clever. Halloween, the first one. <laughs> it's just thanks on the dollars. Anyway, so I think that's it. Cobra is available to rent or purchase through usual vendors. Fun fact it's not on Prime in Italy, apparently. <laughs> it on... is on Netflix Japan. It... Well, there you go. If you so want to stream in it. it. In Italy, it's on Sky and Now TV. I don't know. What is it called? Fiat? Flat? Fiat? No. Weird. Anyway, so it's. It, I don't know. It has a Sky logo on Just Watch. Anyway. And it, it's available physically, but it doesn't seem to have like a snazzy remaster. We mentioned this. It needs like a snazzy remaster. Like, needs an arrow release. Come on. But and in region two, it's probably best acquired in a box set. Although I'm, I can't vouch for the master on this. It may be just an uprez DVD, and it's in with Tango and Cash, Assassins, Demolition Man, and the Specialist. So all What's uncut that? gems. Oh. <laughs> uh, sure. as, far, as far as I'm concerned, they're all uncut gems. And Tango and Cash is great. Like you need to see Kurt Russell in drag. Come on. I I have seen it. Yeah, and then you know, and Jack Palance being well. Well, we're going to be, yeah, like, let's think about Blue Velvet, Dennis Hopper, and Jack Palance, and, and Tango and Cash. Same energy. Anyway. <laughs> I think this is it. Okay, where, just tell me, tell, tell us all, where can we find your stuff on social media? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at NickyGrand97, and there you can find me at Linktree, Linktree forward slash into the movies with links to everything that they make, my short films and videos, my articles for Clapper, and the Death by Adaptation podcast, where every two weeks, me and my good buddy Yuan Gledo meet up to take a classic book and compare and contrast it against its cinematic adaptations. Wonderful. And you can find me on Twitter as Talk About Film. You can find also me <laughs> on Letterboxd as Echo Flash, and you can find my stuff on Clapper, ltd.co.uk, and flashonfilm.com, mostly on flashonfilm.com these days. You can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and uh, Facebook at Uncut Gems Pod, everywhere we're as Uncut Gems Pod. Uh, and then also you can find all our stuff on Uncut Gems Podcast, uncutgemspodcast.com, which is our new HQ. I mean, new, it's been up. Up for like three months now uh so we can find everything we do all of our patreon shows and while we're at it might as well subscribe to our patreon patreon.com slash uncut three bucks a month gets you all sorts of extra podcasts uh, such as bonus tie-ins like the one we did this month for rear window many retrospectives like the one we did this month for rear window knockoffs and our 2022 uh, david lynch marathon hopefully one of many mar- director marathons we'll do over the course of uh, this show's lifetime uh, we've got plans, boys and girls. We've got plans. So, anyway, and if you would like to support us in a different way, I mean, by the way, pa- Patreon is three bucks a month. I don't know if you mentioned. And then, if you want to pay uh, pay some money <laughs> and then support us that way, just without sort of the monthly sort of subscription, you can always buy us a coffee at coffee.com/slash uncut transport. 
you can always send us an email as well to talk about uh, uh, what we what we think about uh, the movies. And then, I don't know, get in touch, talk about it. Or just if you want to get on the show, just uncutgemspod.gmail.com or just uncutgemspodcast.com slash contact is the place you want to go uh, to reach out to us and uh, speak to us directly or just like tweet at us, I don't know, something to that effect. And if you would like to support us in a different way but without paying any money, you can always leave us a review. So wherever you listen to your podcast, I don't know, Apple, Spotify, leave us a rating, leave us a review, and then that helps us get this covered so that's it and then next week be sure to listen to our show as we'll be closing our mini cosmeton <laughs> with talk with mandy so we'll, we've talked about cobra now we'll be talking about panos cosmetics mandy so look out for that and in the meantime i hope you have a fabulous day and we'll see you next week bye bye